And welcome back, footy fans. It's your host, Coach Donnie, back with another episode of Donnie's Disposals. And ladies and gentlemen, I have the incredible honor of sitting down with another AFLW player. And today, coming to me from Adelaide, South Australia, the Adelaide Crows utility player, Miss Najwa Allen. Naj, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Donnie. Awesome, awesome. I must, I must say this. Ali Farrell is an absolute legend for being able to connect us. This is so cool for me. I've had a chat with a few of the Victorians and a couple of New South Wales, but now I get somebody from South Australia. I cannot wait. So here we go. Before we get into the footy, because this is a footy channel, we like to talk about footy. I like finding out just a little bit about the person outside of the world of footy. So just a little bit about yourself outside of the game of football. Yeah, so I'm a, originally from Canberra, um, moved to SA to play footy. Uh, I'm an exercise physiologist. I live uh, in SA with my partner, Georgie, and um, what else to me? Love going to the beach, love hanging out with friends. <laughs> you probably hear that a lot from footy girls, but yeah, that's about it. Pretty simple stuff. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a simple life, especially when when you have the chance of playing professional football. Sometimes you gotta just keep things simple. So nothing wrong with there. So let's jump to it. As you said, you're originally from Canberra, so I'm fascinated by this. What is your earliest footballing memory? Yeah, well, I was having a think about this, and originally I thought my earliest football memory was when I started playing footy in um in Canberra, and the they decided because I was a good runner and I was coming from soccer, and they said. We'll, we'll just put you on the wing. And I said, okay, what do I do there? And they said, just just keep on running, chase after the ball and like that'll do it. And then I had a, a think back and I remembered actually one time Auskick, which is like our, I don't know if you've heard about Auskick, our really, mm-hmm. really basic starting point of footy for young kids. They did like a clinic at our school. And my earliest memory is the guy telling me that if you do a handball, he said, so long as when, he's like, you can throw it. So long as you touch it, just a tiny bit. He's like, even if you touch it with your finger, that counts, your pinky finger. And I remember, I wish he probably hadn't told me that because I reckon I took that into the starting of my footy and was probably, you know, throwing my handballs like this and chasing it with my fist. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one stuck with me from being eight years old. I still remember that. And thankfully that that particular habit has probably been broken. So, but that is <laughs> an awesome story. That, just is took an, that, that is absolutely fantastic. So as for many of the fan supporters that I chat with, they 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 played footy a long time ago. I've only been fans, have never played. So I love asking this question again. Being an American, I've kind of jumped into footy, but I don't have that that lifelong connection to the sport. So, what is your favorite part about playing the sport of footy? Oh, I think for me, like, and that's the interesting thing. Like, I probably haven't been playing footy uh, that that long in the scheme of like girls who've been playing it their whole lives, but still now it's probably seven, eight, or nine years. But coming across from another sport, the the culture and the camaraderie of footy is is like nothing else. And I can't speak to all sports because obviously my experience is in soccer and, and footy, but generally speaking to people, the the togetherness, the unitedness, the working towards one common goal and the culture and supportiveness of footy is just that like like unlike anything else. And, and you might have experienced that yourself. And then also I find in footy, um, for me, I'm often a person who's thinking about a lot of different things at once, and I find footy is this one place where you can really be present because you you can't really think about a lot of things at once. You're just thinking about what's happening in that moment and what you have to do. 
Fantastic. That's absolutely awesome. I, I love, I love that. And I agree. I think a lot of team sports have that, have that camaraderie, but the thing I've noticed with footy is it's just this extra because there's so much effort, so much work that you have to put in. Cause there's so many different things that you have to do. So 100% agree with you. Yeah. So, when, I, when I first came to, um, to start footy, you didn't know what you were doing. I didn't even know the rules of the game. Right. And, mm-hmm. and if you entered another team or another sport, not knowing the rules of the game, people would probably be like, can you, you know, go, go somewhere else. Like we don't have time for this. Right. Mm-hmm. But footy, because women's footy in particular was just beginning. They needed to take everyone they could. So they would be like, come in, we'll teach you how to play. It doesn't matter if you get something wrong. We'll, we'll, you know, support you and we'll figure it out as we go, you know? And that's just, that, that just describes footy as a whole, I think. Well, as, as much as footy is, is such a specific set of skills, it is a game and a, I'll give this a, a few of my guys up here have even said it's a game. It's a game of fuck ups, plain and simple. It, it is such a game. There's so many times that as much as you want to hit, hit a, hit a kick to a lead, you'll kick it three, three meters over their head. Then you got to chase it. It is, is all about how you respond to making a mistake, which I absolutely, I think it's great because it, it always leads the the little bit of insanity when it comes to it. So as, as we said, growing up in Canberra, I'm fascinated on this. What club did you support in the AFL and why? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch any footy growing up. I actually uh, didn't like it. Thought it was, thought it was a bad sport only because I'd, I'd never actually sat down and tried to watch it. So when I played Mm -hmm. it, I was like, oh man, I've been wasting all these years. Right. And I wish I'd played it sooner. (laughs) You'll be happy about this. My friend that um, convinced me to come and play footy. She's a Swanee supporter, diehard Swanee supporter. And so when I started watching footy and started playing footy, I started supporting the swans um and i got really into it i knew all the names it was, it was really really good but then at some point i realized that i just really loved watching footy and i didn't you know i didn't have that diehard thing where i really cared if if the swannies lost i just mm-hmm. you know i just liked watching a good game of footy and picking who who i thought was playing the best on the day and saying all right you're playing the best footy let's go for you you know Fantastic. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I I know that there's a lot of people over here in the States that they don't support a team. They support players, which is the reason like Tom Brady fans became, went from New England yes. fans to Tampa Bay Bucks fans. So it's, it's fascinating how, how I hear that. And, and no, just dis- no disrespect. And I, I love that you started off as a Swan supporter, but I love the game of footy just as much as I love this one. So absolutely no issue there. So did you have a favorite player that you eventually kind of latched on to in the early years from the Swans or from any other team? Oh, not really that I can think of. I mean, everyone loves Buddy Franklin. Like there's, there's no real going past it. And we used to, um, you know, just joke about how our kicks were like his, which they were not even, not even close to being, but yeah, we just called him the Budster and and used to get around him. But um yeah, I think I think probably just him because when you're coming into footy, you just pick the stars, right? Mm-hmm. No, it makes absolutely makes absolute sense. Frank, uh, let me let me go on a tangent just the tiniest bit. Where yeah. were you when he kicked the thousandth goal? And did you see it? Yeah, <laughs> I saw it. I saw it live, and then had to wait, you know, twenty minutes for for the pandemonium to to settle down. But yeah, <laughs> insane. Like, I think they expected it, but you just. Even watching it, you just can't, you can't believe what's happening. 
Yeah, definitely for sure. After the podcast, I'll tell you what happened with mine because I watched it live and it was at about 6 a.m. in the morning. So so my reaction was a little bit muted compared to some, but yeah. I don't want yeah. I don't want to take up time on the podcast because many that I listen on here, I've told the story a few times. Okay. So I will tell I will tell it once we are Thank done you. here. So we let's let's jump to it. We're gonna jump to 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 your uh, footy career. We'll jump to 2019 draft night. When you heard your name being called to the Adelaide Crows. What was the first thing that ran through your head um, when you found out you were going to be playing, you were going to be drafted onto an AFLW list? Yeah, it was just disbelief. Like you, you often, particularly in South Australia at that time, because there's uh it was a one team state. So mm-hmm. no one, no one could, you know, poach, um, poach draftees. So you have, you have an inkling that you're going to be drafted. And sometimes teams will say we're interested, but nothing is certain until, until your name is called. So, you know, I'm sitting there thinking I've had a pretty good sample season. You know, I know that there's interest there. Um, But once, once your name gets called, it's just kind of like, man, is this, is this real life? It's like, it's just this surreal moment that it's, that it's actually happened and and that this is life now, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it makes to- makes total sense, and and that's a little bit of an understatement. If I saw correctly, didn't you win Sample Player of the Year in two thousand nineteen? Yeah, yeah, I did. But that that's just like that. Also, was sort of disbelief because you know I came across from Canberra to play Sample, and I didn't. I I was going to come and play because there was ten games in Sample, ten games plus finals or something like that. And I thought I'll go play Sample. My friend asked me if I wanted to um, go and play. Thought I'll go play Sandville. I'll get ten games of Sandville. Then if I come back to Canberra, that's a twenty or so game season. So I'll get thirty games of footy in a year instead of twenty. I was just chasing the ability to just get to play more games in a year because it was my favourite thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when we came across, we were looking at the girls and the standard of talent, and we were thinking, are we actually going to get a game here? Um, you know, so to then go from, uh, are we going to get a game? Are we going to be picked? To winning the best player was just like you know what's what's going on here you know yeah. another just like i don't know how how it happened but yeah i'm not I, complaining about it i i didn't say you were complaining i just i found it funny you said i had a good season i'm like that's kind of selling yourself short there Naja. Yeah. Let's, let's just be honest there i mean not too many people can sit here and say in 2019 you were the best player in the sandful in the sandful which many people say that the sandful is probably one of the strongest state leagues in the entire country so that's quite the accomplishment so well, let's rein it in, go back to draft night. Yeah. I, I got to ask this, your family, who had the best and the funniest reactions to your selection? So, oh, like I said, growing up, um, not big on footy, right? So my dad's from New Zealand. So the Kiwi, they're big on rugby. There's, there is footy there, but it's probably similar to the States. Like, you know, it's not nothing, nothing main. My mum's from the Middle East. She's not into sport at all. Doesn't really like it. Now, now they're obsessed with footy, but at the time they, Mm -hmm. you know, they just had a concept that it was a sport that I played and I hadn't really told them. I'm, I'm sort of a person that doesn't like, don't count your chickens till they've hatched. Right. So Mm -hmm. I didn't tell them that all this stuff was happening and they might be drafted. I'll tell them if it happens. Right. So I send them a message and I say, I've been, I've been drafted to play for the Adelaide Crows. (laughs) My mum replies to the message and said, who are the Adelaide Crows? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh that is great oh that is classic yeah but now she's 
you just diehard, like probably sits, you know, this far from the TV, just cursing the umpires and like screaming <laughs> at it when the game's too close. With you know? every single crow's memorabilia everywhere, the, the yeah. Guernsey, the hat, the scarf, yeah. all that. That's that is fantastic. I have I have to say that is absolutely probably the best story I've heard <laughs> when it comes to draft night. That is fantastic. I love it, love it, love it. So We'll, we'll, we'll kind of go to it. I, I love this because I've, I've done several chats with AFLW players and I've been quite surprised in a good way to this next question. I'm going to let you have some fun here. I'm going to let you humbly brag. What is your biggest accomplishment so far as a footballer? Yeah, I think for me, like there's obviously the personal stuff like winning that Sandville best and Ferris. And that was really great because it was a culmination of hard work, but to be honest, there is, I don't think there's a greater feeling than winning a premiership with your team. Um, and for me that year, I had, I was suspended uh, for two games, two games out from, for a high bump, two games out from the grand final. So the second last round of the season, I got suspended for two games. We played the last round. And then we played one final to get into the grand final. So had to sit on the sidelines and watch the girls get the job done, which I knew they would. And then I had to sort of sit there and wonder, am I going to be able to get back into this team, which is rolling on and has all this momentum. So to get back into the team off, really, we we really just do one main training session a week when we're that close to, you know, one session that counts to get back into that team to to make the grand the team that was going to play the grand final and then to play in that team and we won like that's just going to be one of the best moments of my life you know for as long as, as long as i live yeah you always sit there and say always sit there and have that medal saying you're a premiership player so yeah, i completely agree with that but i've been fascinated how many of them gave a team answer so i was i was very interested to hear what what your response would be i, I didn't want to, i didn't want to to lead you there yeah so, but it, there's it's funny a, it's, it's like, a team technically you would say it's yeah. still a team accomplishment because the team had to win the premiership you you aren't going to win it all by yourself and with, with some of the players that you have on the Adelaide Crows it is hard to say that that is not a team effort because there are some absolutely fantastic players on that Crows team that won a premiership that year yeah yeah I mean if you said like personal like not a team accomplishment like it's it would be the the Sandville best and fairest but if you said like what is your favorite crowning footy achievement and what what are you most proud of it is it is a premiership and you'll have so many people say it and maybe it's a, a cliched answer but I honestly think it's the truth when people say would you rather win a league best and fairest as in would you rather mm -hmm. win the brown low or would you rather win a premiership it's a premiership because I mean I don't know I've never won a brown low that's the crowning achievement of the whole of footy but you know that's up there by yourself and this is this moment is something that you'll share with everybody that 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 year of work mm -hmm. that you'll share with those people for the rest of your life. Yep. And you have reunions and all that. It's it's absolutely yeah. I completely agree. It is such the team answer. And I absolutely love it. Continuing the the humble and, and team oriented part of the women's game, which I absolutely love. I think it is fantastic because I think sometimes in the men's game, there are a lot of egos, unfortunately. So, yeah. but well, we won't go there. No, no, yeah. dirt, no, no shots at the men players because many of them are really good guys. I know that yeah. for sure. So let's, let's jump it. Let's jump into the crows a little bit. Um, I, I'd be fascinated with this. You, you've been there with them since 2019. Do you have a best mate at the club and who is it? Yeah, my best mate at the the club is probably um, Noffy Ebony Marinoff, who's absolute like. If you ever get the chance to talk to her, it's it'll be it'll be 
out of control. She's she's all over the shop, but she's, you know, one of the hardest workers in the room. So yeah, Noffy, great girl. Well, I would love to, and, and I'll, I'll say this and I don't like, I don't like go in betweens, but if you could convince her to come on, yeah. I would love to have Ebony on. I absolutely, she is fascinating. I got to watch Fearless the documentary over here and she was absolutely a character i absolutely loved her on there i had to laugh when her and a lot of woodward had like a con uh, uh some kind of contest at training and she like broke her teeth or something to that effect and so she was like funny, apologizing yeah. and woodward is in, in a lot of time trying to push her away so yeah uh, and she said she said you know like noffy's noffy's noffy like she's she's just a competitor mm -hmm. and um ash was saying Ash, Ash was Ash getting married. She's she's just gotten married, but mm -hmm. we had all been invited. And she's going off to the dentist because she's chipped her tooth off, mm -hmm. and she's stressed about that. She calls out, you know, Noffy, you're not invited to my wedding anymore. And Noffy was saying, <laughs> well, if she didn't want that to happen, she should have been wearing a mouth guard. Like <laughs> Noffy was like, it's not on me. That's that's absolute classic. That is absolutely great. Yeah. I absolutely love that. That's fantastic. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll stay in the we'll stay in the rooms a little bit. D describe to me the, the crows room. I mean, a lot of experience, a ton of super super talented players. What, what's the room? What's the room like when you when you're in there, like getting getting ready for a training? What's the room like? Is it fun? Is it business? Kind of describe it to me. Yeah, I think it's fun. You you'll probably get this answer at a lot of clubs. It's it's fun. Like, and this is same pre-training, pre-game. It's high energy, it's music, it's there's some, you know, dancing, there's some up and about. And then, but it, when we flick the switch, we flick flick the switch, you know, it's like you you zone in and you get focused on on what you're about to do. So that it's like a it's like this um almost like focusing of of the eye. You know, you're out here and you're just having fun. And then slowly as we're getting towards that point, it's like just honing in on what we're about to do as a team and what what we want to achieve that day. Yeah, the tunnel vision, right to right to everything that you want to do. Fantastic. Yeah. So so I as as we kind of just as we kind of discussed, um unfortunately again, the women are not full time professional. Again, I I banter on a lot because I think I think when you ladies get that opportunity to be full-time paid, full-time training, 100%, I think this product is going to absolutely explode. So, so I asked this, as, as you kind of said, you gave your job before for the season. Can you kind of describe to me just a little bit what your typical day is? Say a, say a training day. Describe your typical training day. And then what's a typical day? Say the game, like what's game day like? Maybe a home game. Yeah, yeah so training day um... – depends so sometimes I work sometimes I don't if I've worked like this is the you know this is the the hard part that you've sort of been reckoning with over the past few years is like I'd get up at you know 6 30 in the morning go to work by 7 30 work until 3 30 or something like that and then go straight from work to to training which is um fine and you can do it but you know you give a lot of energy in one place and then you've got to turn up and give even more energy in another. So like, that's a, that's a hard task to do. So it's like, once you get to training, you've got to start sort of, you know, reset yourself. What am I going to do here? We do our um, pre-training, you know, warm ups, so like a little bit of gym stuff to prep ourselves. So we call it prep to train, to be ready to train and decrease likelihood of injuries, things like that. And then we just get, you know, stuck into training for an hour and a half, two hours and then usually into gym after that. And then you go home and you try to sleep because you're all amped up from running around and trying to smack into people. So that's always tough. Versus a game day, I usually try to make sure there's nothing on that morning. I mean, dependent on 
when the game is like I personally hate a night game like I, I love it for the for the vibe and the atmosphere and I love playing at night but trying to wait that long for a game is is actually really really difficult and um because you've got nothing on in the morning like just trying to find things to do so you're almost a, a new tactic that we've tried is like making um like let's say it's a Friday night game you got nothing in the morning like you have a little nap in the middle of the day you get up and you start as if it's a morning game you just start your start your morning from there um but for me generally like get up have something substantial to eat go for a walk you know let that digest I just try to do things that don't take a lot of like mental power in the morning like I might put on like a really dumb tv show that doesn't involve any thinking Mm -hmm. like just passes a little bit of time do some like really light like body weight stuff just to keep my body moving then have something to eat a little bit closer to the game but I personally like to you know not eat too much um and then if it's a home game, Noffy, who I mentioned before, she'll come and pick me up and we'll get on the tunes on the way to the game. And then, you know, we're there and we start with the team stuff from there. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's great to hear that everybody does it differently. I, I, I've i heard that before. Sometimes night games are harder because there's so much time that you have to kind of get through before you yeah. can get to that point where, okay, I'm in the rooms. Now it's ready. It's go time. I need to get exactly. taped up. I need to get my Guernsey on and it's, and it's t- go time. There's those extra four, five, six hours that you don't have to do until say an afternoon game, yeah. but you now have to kind of burn. So it, it's, it's, it's the routine. I think that many professional athletes that I've heard, yeah. it's the routine. Sometimes you have to try to stay into it. And it's very difficult when your, your day goes a little bit longer. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll jump to the next one. And I'm fast again, as you said, you, you didn't get into footy till a little bit later. So I'm fascinated. Was there ever a player that you modeled your game after in the men's or even the women's game? Not, not really for me. Like, not particularly. I think I think just when I came to the to the crows, I thought to myself, like there's a lot of things that you can you always realize like you can take things from different people, whether they're like sort of at the level that you're playing at, or even, you know, there'd be girls in the sandful who have a better kick than me, you know. So it's never just assuming that that you know everything because you're at a certain level. It's going, okay, well, how does you know, how does she go about that kick? You might ask her, how do you go about this? Or, you know, like model a piece of your game off like a really good one of our players who's a really, really good runner or, or runs really good patterns. And then, okay, if I want to model my tackling off anyone, it's going to be Noffy. If I want to model like my marking off someone, it's probably going to be, you know, Chelsea Bedell or Sarah Allen. So it's just, I never really had like one player, particularly because I didn't watch footy that much, but it's just taking the best pieces from, from the people around you that are really, you know, successful and doing that thing the best, which is a good thing at Crows because there's quite a few of them. Yeah, I mean, you've got some got some great people to look after there. One hundred percent agree, and I like that. Instead of just taking like a, a style of game, is you take little things from each person that you learn from, and and it, that sometimes can make you even better because it is more you than it is something mm-hmm. else. So, absolutely yeah. love it. So, I, I'm fascinated by this because your your trainings are probably pretty tough. So, I, I'm fascinated by this toughest opponent you have ever played against. Yeah, uh, as in the actual girl not the not the team or which one yeah it's up to you toughest team toughest opponent I'll I'll leave that up to you well okay I'll give you uh this then so I suppose last year uh Melbourne did us uh, quite significantly twice they just sort of you know um ran over us and I played on Kate Hoare who's a very very good player very nifty forward if you give her too much space she's going to use it and she's going to kick a goal 
And I also have to pay on Karen Paxman, who is a, a very, very, very good runner. So by the end of that game, I reckon my calves were about to pop and she was still just, you know, probably taking laps around on me. So, and they both play for Melbourne. So, you know, Melbourne were an incredible side last year and they, you know, they do deserve what what, um, what came to them. So yeah, probably Melbourne and those two in particular for me as a, as a defender. A couple of a couple of absolutely good ones there that and I agree absolutely I love watching Kate Hor her movement patterns fantastic and yeah. Karen Paxman I mean just timeless just an absolute legend of the game I I hope she continues to play as long as she can because she's so much fun to watch so I yeah. will agree on that one so I I, I don't want it you kind of is it's a perfect transition for me is is thoughts on last season because again the the Crows there's this expectation well not not expectation, but there's a lot of thought processes of this is one of the most successful franchises in AFLW. Again, it's early, but very successful. Three cups sitting 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 at the Adelaide Oval right now uh, under the AFLW banner. So thoughts on last season uh, falling just a little bit short of, of the ultimate goal. Yeah, I've, I mean, I think we as a team found it pretty disappointing. I mean, I know our coach, Doc, he said he was pretty, you know, proud of us regardless and, and prouder of, of us this season than he was of the one where we won the premiership the previous. But, you know, for me, the, the the ultimate goal is the premiership. And I think that's the same for most of the girls. And we just, we fell short of that. And it, it's it's not even so much the premiership. It's It was the inability to match it with the with the best teams, um, you know, and that, that feeling of frustration because when we play well, it's a feeling of control and it's a feeling of, just executing exactly what we want to do. And um, when you can't do that as, as like high-end athletes who strive to, to sort of achieve your goals and achieve goals everywhere else, it can be quite frustrating. Yeah, it 100% understand. Last year was just, you know, I, I think it, it was a fascinating season because it really was, it was Brisbane, it was Melbourne and, and it was Adelaide. And, and it was, mm. there was kind of always the fluctuation between the three. And it, it was, I just, I don't know what it was, but I knew you guys were in the running, but it just Brisbane just caught you on that in that preliminary final. And yeah. there was just they are such the tough team because they just run so well. And it just I felt so horrible for Chelsea Randall because she did everything she possibly could. Yeah. And she's an absolute yeah, warrior. Yeah. And I don't and I and I don't like using that word, but I, I completely agree. It's perfect for her. She did everything she possibly could, and it just it just wasn't it just felt a little bit short again nothing to put your head down again because you guys played valiantly against a very good brisbane side on the road so um mm. which which is actually kind of a great transition that i wasn't even intending to do is do you think last season was a success mm. but for me no for me personally no i don't think so because i think I think there are those games that you can play where you say we we really did everything we could and and there was there was nothing else and if you do everything you can and you bring your best and and that also encompasses not just bringing your best on the day but doing everything you could have done that season to get to that point and bring your best mm -hmm. and you still come off second best then I'm the sort of person that is you know I'll still be really disappointed but I'm happy to say well we did everything we could and it wasn't enough they did something better good for them but I just think, you know, we we probably just fell short and and there were things that we, you know, should have done and should have executed on that day that we didn't. So, yeah, for mm -hmm. me, no, yeah. 
there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody, it, it's all depends on how you define success. Yeah, and I think exactly. everybody defines it differently and there's nothing wrong. And again, the, the expectation or, or the, the tradition that Adelaide has of being playing late into finals, winning, winning premierships, it, it's, it's, it's something that you can kind of understand that you want to get there. You want to get to mm -hmm. a chance to, to hold up a cup and win another premiership. So absolutely nothing wrong with that so we'll go from the opposite as you kind of said what would you what do you think was the biggest challenge last year for Adelaide yeah I think the the back-to-back -back seasons like it was an interesting one because we were we were actually I think really excited about the the back-to-back -back opportunity and also the fact that you know we do want to play more games so the opportunity to play like like I was saying at the start I moved to SA just so I could get 30 games of footy in a, in a year right mm -hmm. so we're, we're keen to play more games but by the back end of that season you're starting to like that second season you are starting to wear down like you your body just naturally fatigues over time mm -hmm. and I think we just especially because we'd won that previous one so we we played the whole way through we hadn't finished early like anyone else and then I guess we'd had you know a little bit more time off um, and I think when you win you probably do go into like a little bit more of a you know, rest mode because we did absolutely everything. So when you lose, most people go, fuck, I'm so mad about losing. I'm going straight back into training. So I think the back end of that season, we really, we really started to struggle with that fatigue. And then also I think um, it is just sometimes hard. Like it's a, it's a frustrating thing to say because it shouldn't be, but it is hard going from that winning to then immediately doing that again from from having that success to then finding the hunger to do it again mm -hmm. and it's it's different types of people and for some people that hunger will just be there immediately again mm -hmm. you know and that's how you win those three premierships and for other people like you, you see it with teams who win a premiership and then just the next year are terrible right because mm -hmm. they've, they've hit that ultimate success that they want and now they have to find the hunger to say well, it's not enough to just win one, it's back to back or it's the next one, the next one, the next one. And I think like for, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I think for some people that, that, you know, didn't, didn't live there immediately. Mm -hmm. It's almost a satisfaction. Like, okay, I've done it. I, I've got the time. I've got the premiership that I wanted. I'm okay. And it, yeah. it does, it does can kind of lead to the potential of letdown the next season. So complacency, uh, I, yeah. Compla yep, complacency is absolutely the perfect word for that. So now as I catch you, as I talk with you, you are getting into the upcoming preseason. And again, the preseason is as much as I want it to come. It, it, it is, it's a hard time because you're having to get right back up and you're, you just went through half of this, the sandful season. And, and I will compliment you. You were fantastic to watch. I loved watching you with Norwood. It was absolutely fantastic. So what do you think, what are your thoughts going into this upcoming season? Do you, are, are you, do you think Adelaide and, and you guys are going to be again in, in, in the running for a flag or kind of what are your thoughts going into this upcoming season? Yeah, I maybe I'm a bit big headed here, but I always think we're in the running for a flag. Um, and and maybe that'll stay until, you know, we start dropping down the ladder. But I think with the systems and the players that we have and the culture that we have, I don't think that'll happen. You know, fingers crossed I'm right. I've got some wood. But um, yeah, I think I think we're definitely in the in the running for it. And, you know, we're always learning from our our failings. And, you know, I'm saying last year was a failing, so we're learning a lot of lessons from that. Yeah, I agree. And and the biggest thing, and I, I've said this, I, and, I, and I will continue to say this with Adelaide, when you have Ebony Marinoff and Hatchard and Chelsea Randall on your list, 
it is it is incredibly difficult for me to go you know they're not a flag contender as, yeah. as, as good as melbourne is as good as brisbane are those three absolute legends it is hard to sit here and say i can i no i can't put adelaide in that flag contender i'm i'm getting ready for our preview show and i can already sit here and tell you adelaide is in the discussion those three teams again I'm fascinated to see the distribution of talent this mm-hmm. year with some of the expansions. Brisbane will be interesting with losing yeah. those. Well, and, and and even in your in your state of Port, because losing Alana Woodward over to Port Adelaide, how how's that how's that going to make Ports? Was I think were decent. I think they had some issues. Again, they were relatively young a lot last year, so it would be fascinating to see. And then how does Richmond? How I mean, how does Essendon? How does Hawthorne? How does Sydney bounce back after? all three really did improve over the off season. So it's, it's going to be a very yeah. interesting year. I think it'll be that really interesting piece because, you know, last season, those, those uh, clubs that came in were given a very short period of time to put a list together, mm-hmm. to start training and to be at the level. And I don't think you're ever going to be at the level the first season you come in, regardless of how much time you're given. But if you're given an even shorter right. time frame, like how can we expect anything of you? So it will be very interesting to see. okay, particularly I think like Essendon like built on their list and have had like a longer period of time to sort of train and sort themselves out like it's it's going to be easier to see who shakes out and who's going to be like a really formidable um, team in the competition. Well I'm interested because I think last year Essendon really hung on Matty Prasparkas, Bonnie Too Good and the the talent that they brought in because if you look at Hawthorne you look at Port and you look at Sydney they didn't get three marquee superstars in the, orig- in the in yeah. the well, uh, Sydney ran into three thing, and again, being a Swan supporter, and, and I completely agree with what Coach Gowan said was they were really up, you know what, creek right off the yeah. bat because ten week training, you have to move up to Sydney to play. So, trying to talk a Ash Riddell or or some of these superstars that were in Victoria to come up to New South Wales, it's damn near impossible because they'd have to get up there in three weeks. Yeah. 10 week super 10 week training. It was literally Sydney probably did about as best as they could getting Montana Ham and Sophia Hurley to agree to come up in the draft because at least then you start with a young building block group. Yeah. So I think this off season was a little bit more as a Swans fan, at least a little bit more positive. You bring in Chloe Malloy, you bring in Lucy McAvoy, you bring in Laura Gardner, you bring in some experience and some talent into this team mm-hmm. that was very young, was very inexperienced, and was very and just did not was not ready for the talent it was going to step up against. They tried their tails off. I will not say that any. I watched mm-hmm. every single game, every single minute. They progressed each and every game. Adding a X factor like Chloe Moy, adding a solid player like Lucy McAvoy, I think there's, there's are they going to be finals contenders? Absolutely not. I'm I'm I live in reality. I know that it's going to getting one win, getting two wins is going to be an accomplishment this year for Sydney. But it's much much easier for me to see that as a possibility with this off season having that opportunity. I know some fans were like, "OMG, this PSP is ruining the game." Actually, it's mm. evening the league out. It really did. Mm. The thing that I, and I agree with some, Melbourne didn't get touched, which is kind of the yeah. scary part about it. Yes, they lose Daisy Pierce, but they lost nobody. Yeah. Nobody. That's the scary part. Brisbane, I think, will be interesting how they replace Greta Bodie. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. But they've, they've, their academy, the way they've been doing it, I don't think Starcevich is sitting here losing a ton of sleep. I think he's got a lot in the, in the tank there. So that'll be fascinating. So, 
now that we went on another tangent, we will go back. No, I, I appreciate it. I love these conversations. Absolutely fantastic. So I, I've said this. I think the women's game has more of an intimate connection with fans. And I absolutely love that. I think it is fantastic. So I want to hear this. What is your best fan interaction you've ever had? Uh, it's a couple. Like People ask you if you want to go on a date with them. Um Kids, kids are the funniest. Like, you go out to club visits and you give a kid. Kids come up and they're like, "Can I have a high five? Can I have a high five? Give them a high five. And then they go, "I'm never washing this hand again." <laughs> Ridiculous! <laughs> I can't wait. I'll see how long it takes you to forget about that. But you know, like, I think yeah, kids are usually the funniest. You know, it makes or you feel special like, though. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I'm just a you know I'm just a regular person. But it, all the the classic like when I first started playing, anyone you kids you talk to, they go. Do you know Erin Phillips? I was like, yeah, I see her. I see her at the club a bit. You know, she's on my team. I must know her, but she's uh-huh. so cute. I, I absolutely love that. It's it's there they there there's no filter, but I absolutely I think oh, that is absolutely bit. fantastic. So which is actually a great transition because I have several crows mates that were very, very fascinated when I told them that I was gonna sit down and have a chat with an AFLW player. I didn't yeah. specifically say who it was because I wanted to be sure that they didn't just ask certain questions so here are yeah. some of the supporter questions that i have i uh, have come together we'll start off with sophie's question sophie's a huge adelaide crow supporter and she goes to as many games as she can here you go Soph. she wants to know what was the feeling like going from watching the grand final in 2019 with fifty-three thousand to watch the crows win their premiership to 2021 having the guernsey on and running out yeah um I still vividly remember my, both and I haven't got the best memory. So that tells you it was something special. Like it was just, I remember just watching streams and streams of people come in and they they actually had, um, I mean, they hadn't expected, they'd expected a lot, I think, but they hadn't expected that much and they'd closed off certain areas. So often with the TV stuff, they, they try to make it, they force people into the bottom mm-hmm. area because they obviously want to pack out the the um those certain spots that are gonna be on camera and things like that and then they didn't realize and just kept coming and they had to open up the next upper area and the, the next upper area and you'd still see people at you know half time streaming in and going right up to the top of this stadium you know that holds 53,000 people that was that was immense for a women's footy game and, and the noise was deafening and then to run out I mean we didn't have we didn't have nearly as many people. It was probably something like 20,000. But for me, who's probably played in front of, I don't know, a maximum of 2,000 people up until that point, um, yeah, amazing. And also like nerve-rattling, nerve you know, the first time. You need to do it to get the experience in the back pocket. Um, and just the the noise, like you can't hear, you can't hear the ump, you can't really hear your teammates, like you're running out. And I think the... The interesting thing I've found is with those big crowds, like when you're running, because the a natural motion of running is bouncing up and down. I don't know, with mm-hmm. my ears, it's like the noise goes in and out, in and out, in and out. It's as if mm-hmm. someone's like turning the noise on and off, like you hear it as you run. Um, and you don't hear that in those like smaller, smaller games. But it's just, it's it's always amazing playing in front of those huge crowds and and having them them support you. Like the, the showdown was another one that was just, um, yeah, amazing, like a... A, a special like core memory in in my lifetime 
That's fantastic. And, and I love that question by her because I forgot in 2019, you, you weren't, you weren't on the team. I was like, wait, no. did she play? And we went back and forth in, in the conversation. Know, like, oh yeah, she got, she got drafted in 2019. So yeah, she probably, everyone goes, <laughs> how good was that final like oh it was amazing playing in front of those people I was like wasn't me you know wasn't me unfortunately it would have been good but but you did get um, 21 you did get 2021 I so know, it, it's not one it's not one totally out of it but I did I went wait wasn't she in the it, it kind of I had to I had to Wikipedia search there and it's like oh yeah she did only she was only on the 2021 well it's confusing because play the final in 2019 but then the 2019 draft is end of year so yeah I can see the confusion it's like you're drafted in 2019 but you don't play that final yep. you don't play to 2020 yeah crazy crazy so and I love this I actually the next couple of questions are actually from an American Crows fan Maddie out of Tennessee yeah. sent me this too he's 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 very excited to hear this podcast so Maddie great shout out to you sir what do you think is the main thing? And I love this question after you had said what you said earlier, what do you think is the main thing that needs to happen in order for the Crows to be premiers this year? Yeah, I think um, you sort of mentioned it a little bit uh, yourself when you said how good Brisbane are a running team. Like I think for us, we've very much like, not that we're ever unfit, we're a really fit team. We work really hard and and we've relied on our skills and our hardness Um but I think the game last year, particularly Brisbane and Melbourne, you could see it. They became one very hard running and very fast teams. So they they just were like elite speed. And so we need we needed we noticed that that's a difference, and we need to get on that level. So I think for us becoming faster and then potentially just playing like a slightly faster brand of footy. So um, we always move the ball well, but um, yeah, I think just like physically being quicker, but also um quicker moving the ball a little bit more like run and gun yeah it'll be interesting to see the game really has changed it's it's becoming interesting to see how that how different the, to where it started yeah. exactly well you're, you're starting to see more and more young girls who have been playing it since oh, yeah. they, since they first came in and like yeah. i said you get the girls like like georgie pasparkas you're getting ellie mckenzie you're getting montana ham and sophia hurley you're getting these young girls that have been playing it since they were four years old and it's more like the men's where it's like that elite, elite talent because they're used mm. to kicking with both feet. Mm. They're used to just playing footy. They're not a netballer that they brought over because she's super tall or a basketball girl because she's good with them. She's good with ball in hand. It's not mm. the cross coders anymore. It's footy players. So, which I think will only make this competition grow and grow for sure. 100%. So, yeah. And then uh, when Maddie wants to know, um, have you had a chance to meet some of your, the new additions to the team this year? How excited are you to, to have some new players in, in the Crows list in the Crows room this year? And what do you think they can bring to the team? Yeah. Um, I've met them all except for Yvonne Bonner cause she's in um, Ireland. So mm -hmm. she'll, she'll come over a little bit later. Um, yeah. It's, it's exciting. I mean, so speaking of that speed, I mean, um, Sarah Goodwin, very, very good runner. Um, Hayla Levy. I never know how to say her last name. It's a Levi Levy. We'll figure that out later. Um, very, very quick athletic. Has been over in the States playing sports. So that's a oh, good. <laughs> Hello. It happens. Um, I've, I've had yeah, a cat walking. In one of my in one of my interviews, I had a cat walk right across the screen. So it's it's yeah. happened before. My That'll previous... probably happen a few more times. <laughs> it's um, okay. 
we're yeah, cat so fr- just, we're cat friendly podcast. Yeah, cat friendly podcast. Good. Yeah, he loves to get on get on screen. Um, yeah, she's been over in the states playing, and and I mean, like the states are obviously massive on athletic development, like streets ahead of of where we are. So excited to see what she can do. Um, Jess Allen, obviously sister of Sarah Allen, that mm-hmm. you know family just breeds good athletes um so really excited to see what she can do up front nice calm composed player and then um Yvonne Bonner she's good I I haven't seen her but if it's anything to go about like Irish players are always just you know like naturally talented crafty quick players so yeah I think I think we've we've got some good additions for the pieces that we needed you know we obviously needed another forward missing um, Ash heading over to Port, you know, we needed a bit more speed. So we've picked up some, you know, younger speedsters. And then I think when you pick up someone like Jess Allen, you're just going, okay, we have confidence in this player's ability to be good. We know, we know that she's a tried and tested player and she's wants to come back to SA. Well, let's snap her up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, all, all great additions again, an already really good Crows team. And you add some talent like that just makes it that much a little bit better. So, and then the last supporter question is a member of the Crowject project. So I'll give a shout out to that podcast. Oh, yeah. I am, a he- I, I, I listen to the Crowject product. I absolutely love it. I'm a Swan supporter, but I love their banter. It's absolutely fantastic. So Jay yeah. from the Crowject has sent this. She's interested to know your perspective on how you feel the comp has changed now that there's 18 teams. And how quickly do you think this change will lead to maybe a longer competition and maybe better pay? Oh man, should should we should be at a longer longer competition already? We could talk about that for an hour on its own. Um, I'm with you on that, girl. I am with you on that. Yeah, I I think the addition's really good. We were probably talking about it a little bit before we were um, recording, but. Um, yeah, I think I think the change is good because I guess like we're saying, oh, you know, a lot of the argument against it is it it dilutes the the talent base, right? But I was saying to people like it's it's a bit of a tough thing when you bring people into that AFLW generally, not always, because you've got those girls that are just like amazing, like you know, your Montana hands and your mm-hmm. um I don't know if you know Lauren Young, like she's gonna be a jet yep. as soon as she enters the league, right? Mm-hmm. But for the vast majority and even for those girls for their first year to get up to standard, um, the gap is still, you know, significant. So once you're at the level and you've been training and you've been playing at that level, the the jump from your first year to your second year is like the skill development is immense, right? So I know we're arguing like there's not enough talent to fill these teams, but in reality, you need to be playing at that level to really like to upskill mm-hmm. anyway. So I think if we, you know, there, there is a lot of talent and we'll bring it up and yes, it might not be right at the level, but the only way to get there is to be playing anyway. So, you know, let, let's bring them in and let's do it. In, I in regards to, Yeah. In regards to the games, yeah, I'm very hopeful that we, we get a few more games over the, over the next few years. I think it's a bit of a funny system where, um, you know, we, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw him looking and I was like, he's going to go. He's ready. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a funny system that we play. We're going to play 10 games. We're in an 18 team competition and we might not play seven of the other teams. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's a funny one because when they put the draw together, you know, I think they generally say like, all right, everyone's got to play three top teams, three bottom teams, three middle tier teams. Right. Mm-hmm. But we know that season to season, the top teams and the bottom teams don't stay the same. It's not it's not a clear cut system like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
you can sometimes um you look at you look at the fixtures that some teams have versus the fixtures that other teams have and you go well this team's going to make finals just based off this sort of slightly easier fixture anyway so I think they need to sort that out and they need to make it a priority to play more games I'm less concerned about you know more money that will come in the long run I think Mm -hmm. but I I I think we deserve at least a couple more games we need to start moving towards that making steps towards it at the very least yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, the perfect example to explain what you were talking about is look at North Melbourne last year. They were mm-hmm. the eighth seed going into the finals, but they were probably the fourth best team in the entire competition. It was just the fact that they had to play yeah, all of the top tier teams. I think they played you guys, they played Brisbane, and they played Melbourne. They were the only, I think they were the only team that did Absolutely, besides yeah. the other two. So it's like... It, it was almost kind of weird when they went into the finals because, and I said it, I said, they're the only, I said, they're the only team in the bottom part of the four that I could see getting to a grand final because you look at some of the talent they had and they just, they went through the most difficult and then That's they get it. to a preliminary and final. They were, they were always the team. They were always the team outside of the eight that I said, they're going to, they can get to a grand final if they get the right road. And, and they darn near did. They, they, they pushed, they pushed Melbourne in, in that preliminary final and they yeah. have the talent to, but just fell a little bit short, unfortunately. Yeah, sometimes you just, you know, you cop that bad luck and you, you also cop that, like I'm saying, you don't know who's going to be like a good team. So you might think you've got an easier draw. And then like we're saying, Essendon might be elite this year, you know, but based mm-hmm. off last year's model, they're a middle tier team. It's like. Look at Fremantle too. And look at Fremantle last year. Yeah, I think a lot of people exactly. looked at them as being a finals team because of previous seasons they before they had made it. And they literally imploded after round two and it just went haywire from since then. So, and that's a little bit, that is the kind of the crapshoot that is each season. So, but it Mm. does, it does kind of make the competition not much more entertaining because you don't know how it's going to go. I I absolutely loved it. I cover each and every round. And I remember talking with a few of my co-hosts going, I don't know how to tip now because so, yeah. sometimes for the one for a while the women's games were relatively easy to tip and again no disrespect meant saying no, it's that. Just fact, yeah. but the parody this last season was fantastic because I went in thinking oh I'm super confident in this tip and then I watched the game and I go well man I stuffed that one up big time so it's it it just, just it, it's fantastic you know, we and we watch you know we watch other teams play just like because mm-hmm. we love footy not not for any you know like strategic purposes or anything you just love seeing girls mm-hmm. play and um yeah you go you, it's it makes it so much more exciting or you go this team should be look at look at the list they have they should be amazing but something's going on that they can't get it together like it just mm-hmm. keeps things a little bit more more interesting yeah, yeah definitely. You, know, you know it's a good thing because you can never really be complacent nor should you be mm-hmm. carlton not to throw yeah. carlton was a team last year that if you look at the names on their yeah, list you're like you, you should you should be really fighting you should be really fighting for finals and to and in Essendon was one of those. I I thought they were the one. Them and Port were the two teams that I looked at last year and went, they could potentially make finals if they get the right mm-hmm. run. And Essendon, sure, they they gave it a crack, just fell yeah. a little bit short. So well, it's interesting to see how it does shake out over the exactly. season. You know? Exactly, cannot wait. It'll be it'll be fun. This this season, I think, is going to be even better parity wise. I think it's going to be fantastic. So, we're, we're, so we talked about a lot of the young talent, and again, you you threw out Lauren Young, and I've been watching the sample W and, and seeing young talent like Piper Window, Lauren Young, mm-hmm. uh, Greg from the Central Bulldog from the Central uh, Central Districts Bulldogs, 
Um, OMG, uh, Sinead Goody from the Woodville West Torrance. I mean, I mm. cannot wait to see these young girls, the, these ladies make it to the FLW. They are going to be fantastic. Yeah. So I want you to do this. Say that you have a chance to sit down with a, with a Piper window or, or, or a youngster. Give What's your best piece of advice for a young footballer who wants to play AFL or AFLW? Yeah, I think for me, and um, like a, cu- a couple of things spring to mind, and particularly like quite quite young girls, is like um, self belief. Because mm-hmm. I think, especially as like like female footy players, like we do spend a bit of time doubting ourselves. Like have have self belief in your ability, and then I think the other thing that I think is key that a lot of people don't do, and you know, wonder why they're not getting picked up or it's not happening, is like you need to be doing extra you need to be doing more than everybody else and and those girls that are really standing out are doing that stuff Mm -hmm. but for other girls where they go why isn't it happening for me it's like well if you want to be better and you want to be better than other people which you need to be in this game to get to get on a list is like do do the extras go out and ask ask people for help because there's a lot of people who are more than willing to help but yeah it's it's just that extra skill work I think a lot of the time we forgo and we work on our physicality which is really really good but the, the skills are going to do it in women's footy. Like you can see it. It's like you're saying, it's just starting to become this really, really skillful game. And if I see a player who I go, wow, that girl doesn't miss a kick. I go, I want her on my team. You know what I mean? I want, mm-hmm. I want somebody who just puts the ball straight out in front of you and never misses a kick as opposed to like, yeah, we can get a fitter. You know, we can do that. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what the SNC are there for. You know? Yeah, 100% agree, which is a great way. This is actually you, with a great transition here. I like to have a little fun towards the end of it and ask some fun mm-hmm. questions here. So this is one of my favorite ones. I'm going to I'm gonna take you, I, I'm going to, for one day, I'm going to install you as the AFLW Crows list manager. Yeah. You're going to have some fun. You can pick one player from the entire competition to join the Crows for this season. Who would be the one person you'd bring in and why? Yeah, God, we were talking about this once. I don't know. That's it's such a tough question because there there is mm-hmm. so much talent. Um, and I've got to like I've got to get rid of my biases against certain teams. You know, <laughs> that's, that's not a problem. Part. I've 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 said this in a few of my in a few of my chats with some of the fans. I go, this tells me what type of fan you are. Are you just going to grab the flashy superstar like in the men's, the Petrakas, the Olivers, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Gons, yeah, yeah. or are you going to pick where your team maybe has a little bit needs a little bit of help? So that's like it. If, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like a forward to replace um, a forward to replace Ash. Woodland uh so then you'd be thinking like along the lines of like Jesse Wardlaw was you know leading goal kicker last year but then I just like I think although we haven't seen her play in a while like I think she's just going to come back and kill it is like like Brie Davey is you know just a mm-hmm. when she went out she was just you know on top of the game so I don't know she'd be she'd be a great one to pick up but then I also think we need a little bit of speed it's hard you go you go let me take let me take a couple we'll, we'll add them to the mm-hmm. list so long as I don't have to get rid of anyone we'll, we'll take a few and we'll add them to the list but yeah I, I'm very like excited and also um you know worry as a as a player from another team to see what Bree Davey brings back into the game you yeah, know this be- amount of time off and this amount of work she'd be putting in Oh, Collingwood. Collingwood is my smoky next year with her and Britt Benici yeah. both potentially being back there. They're a smoky team. I, I think they, I, I agree with, I, I listened to credit to the girls and I agree with Gemma Bastiani. Yeah. I think Collingwood 
Tarney Evans is a good bring in. I know that they traded a little bit of experience out with yeah. Steph Kiochi moving out, but I think yeah. they got younger. I think they got faster. And I think it, it's a scary yeah. one. I'm interested to see how the loss of Chloe Malloy affects Collingwood. But again, when you get Bree Davy and Britt Benici stepping back in like new players, Collingwood is instantly, they, they improve. They were already a good team and you add those yeah, two, they're already a scary combo. I would say if, if you're really looking for forwards, I, if you want some speed, Zemi Varkelson, uh, Farkelson from Brisbane, I think would be great in your forward uh, yeah, with her speed. Good. She's yeah. good. Chelsea Hotter, if you're looking for like a small forward, the, I think the marketing, the marking targeting forward, a Kate Sheilor, a Caitlin Greiser would, would, I think would fit Adelaide. Yeah. If, just all depends. <laughs> like you want, you want people who can do the, the double job you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you want a good strong forward mark but you also want them to be really fast but you also want them you know like then you want a, a Brie Davy, and then you just go all right well you know if we had a player like that that you know it'd be the best player mm-hmm. in the whole league <laughs> they do do everything definitely for sure I like Kyla Hank so she'd be a great get she's very quick and you know yeah. Goals, so she'd, yep. she'd be a really good get yeah just got to watch out when she crashes the pack she doesn't take out half the team <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing I was I love about her. She she just throws her body in, into so many packs. I'm just like, oh gee, many Christmas. So but yeah. she's fun to, she's absolutely fun to watch. I absolutely love watching her play. I, I know some people uh don't always like her because of how she's moved from a couple of teams, but I've always thought her game was fantastic. I just I think she just needed a place where she could she doesn't have to be the superstar that she had to mm-hmm. be at Carlton. And I think Melbourne fit her perfectly because mm-hmm. you had Daisy Pierce, you had Karen Paxman, you had those older heads to kind of say, Hey, pull your head in a little bit. We're a team and she fit. And then she finally found her place. So fantastic yeah. one. So I'm going to let you have some fun. We may throw a few teammates under the bus, but I, I want to have a little bit of fun oh, with yeah. this. So first teammate you think when I say the, these particular topics, so here we go. Who is the team mom at the Adelaide Crows? Yeah, that's a tough one. I reckon like it's because it was definitely MJ, but she's retired now. Mm-hmm. So now I think she might have just passed the baton over to like Chelsea Randall, who is like obviously the toughest, you know, one of the one of the toughest she'd, you'd meet. But she's um, she's so caring and 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 so responsible that I think she'd have to be the team mum. Yeah. Alrighty. Who is the funniest? Who's got the best jokes? Well, I wanted to say myself here, but um, I think I'll go with uh, Chelsea Bedell or or Eloise Jones. They're both pretty funny when they get going. All right. I think I know the answer to this one. Who is the toughest? Yeah. See, that's it. Because you know what? I was going to absolutely say Noffy. Mm-hmm. Um, Noffy is just, just a competitor. And the things that she will put her body through to, you know, one time she split her tongue open and they sewed it back up. And Heard so that she could story. She played on a busted Cindersmosis last year to get through the last few games. I was going to say Noffy, and then when I was just talking, I obviously mentioned Chelsea Randall is a really tough player. So I'll give I'll give him a two way tie between between the two of them, and and they're in good company with each other. You know, it's just a different kind of toughness. You know, Chelsea Randall just puts her body on the line, but in Noffy's ability to put herself through anything and like not not be worried about you know it's it's the same sort of thing in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, completely understand. Both both great ones. Social butterfly. Who who's the person that everybody gets along with? Uh, yeah, Caitlin Gould. She's she's out and about all the time. Yeah, fantastic. Who's the most emotional? Who's the easiest one to get the waterworks going? I said I was going to go. I reckon I'll go Hatchy on that one. 
Alrighty. Who's the quirky? Who's the quirkiest? Who's the un, who's the most unique unit on the team? Oh. Well, as soon as I get asked these questions, I always forget all of my teammates. I'm like, who is it? <laughs> who's the quirkiest? I'll have to think about it. I can't, no one springs to mind. Alrighty. Best cook. Who who who's who's the best in culinary arts? Noffy is like an unbelievably good cook. And it, it's just, it um it's, it comes out of nowhere. Like you wouldn't expect it, but she mm -hmm. cooks, sometimes cooks meals for all of us after training. And she can literally put together a meal for 40 people, like no sweat off her back. It's easy for her to do. And she likes to do it. I'm like, I can't cook for three people. Like I can't <laughs> coordinate the timing. And this girl's cooking for 40 people. It's just unbelievable. Fantastic. I remember in Fearless, she was in the weight room and she's like, oh my God, I forgot the bread. <laughs> she's like, that was the, I burnt the garlic bread and starts running out of the room. Yeah. That was the funniest. I was so, cracking up so bad when I saw that. So, yeah. all right. And then the last one in this category, and I, I love this, who's the one that's fashionably late? Who's the one that's always just barely making it to team meetings on time? Yeah, I'd say um, Tia, Tia Charlton is always late. And then Neve Kelly is running on Irish time, which I don't know how many hours behind that is, but yeah, she's, she's, she's still on, still on <laughs> Dublin time despite being here for long enough. That's uh, funny. All right. And, 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 and you, and I love this about it. And, and I've started to find it over here a lot more. This is that the more you play footy, the more the nickname becomes fascinating. Who's got the best nickname on the Crows yeah. list? Let's try to think about this one because we don't have like, we, most of our nicknames are just based off people's names, which is not as mm -hmm. much fun. Um, we called Lisa Whiteley Bruce for a while, I think. Cause like great white shark, Bruce, mm -hmm. um, Shelly Martin, she got zip zap because she just like, you know, so Shelly Martin's like our really short, she's like five foot tall and she just like goes into contests and then sort of just pops out the other side with the ball. So kind of like zip zap. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, one of those ones. They call me Badge, which is just a, a rhyme of my name, but then it's, you know, into the Badger. Mm -hmm. So like that. But, yeah, most of our nicknames are just based off, like, I like, like, what's what's your best footy nickname? Like, I like a really, like, wild one that doesn't relate to their name at all. You know? um, uh, I hear our, our favorite, unfortunately, he no longer plays with us, but his, his nickname was Popeye. And that was because he, and during an off season, he got into powerlifting and he put on, yeah. I think it was 20 to 30 pounds of muscle. So yeah. we called him Popeye. Like, yeah, the see, joke, I love that. Yeah, the the joke the joke was we wanted to bring him spinach to one of the games just to to, to power him up. Yeah, um, yeah. The other the other one that's still on the team right now is uh, shotgun, but it's more of because he likes to shotgun beers all the time. So that's yeah, okay. how he got his nickname. Uh, that's good. I, again, I have I in fact the fa the fascinating part is I have a couple of I have a couple of former teammates, even one that's currently still on the team that's, that has nicknames for me. Um, one of them wanted to know my middle name. So now he starts calling me D Chuck. My first name is Donnie. Middle name is Charles. So he started calling me D Chuck. Yeah. And then one of my other former players calls me D train because when I played, I'm not a small guy. I'm a bigger guy. So when I get going, it's hard for me to stop. So I was yeah. kind of like a freight train. Like, like if I get going, exactly. Yeah. Like I, it was incredibly hard for me to stop. So it was like, so I kind of at that train mentality, I just went for it. And if I went through you, I went through you. That was kind of the yeah. way that I went. Yeah. So Nick, oh, I, I love it. But then you always, you always get the ones they just, you cut the the end of somebody's last name off. You throw IE on it. And, hey, judgey, how are you doing? Like That's it's, it. yeah. it, it's, it's the prototypical ones. They're, they're, they're not super. Not as much fun. 
Yeah, exactly. They're not as much fun. I like but- the ones where you end up somewhere like, you know, we were trying to come up with um a nickname for one of the new girls and we were just trying to see how far from her name we could get it. You know, like it still uh-huh. links back, that- but you end up, you know, seven seven lines down. Like you, mm-hmm. you couldn't figure out, but if you explain it, you know. So Makes sense. I'll, I'll let you know when we get on that. Awesome. I can't wait to hear that. So we're, we're going we're gonna to go over to the men's game a little bit because be, being an essay again, playing for Norwood, I, I love this gather round that just happened. Yeah. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. What were your thoughts on gather round this year? Because I thought it was incredibly well done. I think every game was competitive and entertaining as, as all get out. And how nuts was SA during gather round? Because it just looked like an absolute party, a footy party. Yeah, so I am I am in a in a deep depression right now because I was away for gather round, <laughs> and while my trip was good, I went to Vietnam and I can't complain about that. It was a fantastic trip. I'm like, why did these two things coincide? But I I absolutely love the idea of it, and I was thrilled when I came back to see that they're going to keep it here for three years. So I was like, great, I missed it. It's okay. Um, yeah, such a good idea, and everybody said that you know the atmosphere, like like in the vibe of it was just like fantastic. So, and like really good for people who, um, you know, can't get to a lot of footy to just get there for that one round a year. And you can see, you know, five, six games, like it'd be great for someone like yourself. Like if you were planning on, all right, I'm going to go to Australia and get in a footy game. All right, go to this one thing. That's just this festival of footy and you can watch every game if you want to, you know, I had several Australian friends are like, Coach, you got to get over here for for gather round next year, and I'm like, well, if it were only that simple, like I, yeah. I state it that way, if it were only that simple that I could do that, just a yeah. little bit, say finances, in yeah. a few a few things over here. We're so, gonna do like a GoFundMe or something. Have you been to a footy game? I. Like- I have not been to Australia. In fact, yeah. in fact, it's actually kind of a great transition because my next my next two question, my next couple of questions are actually research because, as I said. It's on my bucket list. I want to yep. get over there. I've I've joked with a few people. I think I have friends in almost every single one of the states. So if I wanted to couch surf, I probably could save a few bucks yeah. on a few hotel rooms because yeah. I've got friends in New South Wales and Queensland and Victoria and South Australia and Western Australia to the point where I probably could couch yeah. surf through the country yeah. and get to all of the one, all of the, all of the, the big stadiums, Optus to, to the Adelaide Oval and, and all that. But so when I do, I, I want to be sure that when I get to a footy game that I'm doing everything correctly. So I ask this again, Americans, we love our food at our sporting yeah. events. So when you go to the footy, what's your go-to food? Uh, just a classic, uh, like hot chips and tomato sauce. What do you call them? Fries and ketchup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just, you know, simple for me, but they're starting, I've been like seeing these photos, they're starting to upskill like the footy food, you know, mm-hmm. like you can get you get like these fancy meals there now, but I just, I just go the classic, you know, I've, I've had some, I've had some friends that, that, that are living essay that say, I guess the Adelaide Oval is starting to get like an Indian food place and a couple yes. others. So they're, they're starting, they're starting to upgrade. I have a had little that before. Actually. Very good. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've heard that. And a couple of them are very, very happy with, with what they have there. So, and then the other one is when you go to the game, you got to find the best place to sit. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm taking down notes to be sure this, what is your ideal place to sit at the ground when you go to the footy? Yeah, I mean, ideally, I reckon you don't want to be like I don't like to be at ground level. Like I mm-hmm. think it's I think it's great for the atmosphere and when the ball comes over and everything, it's really exciting. But like if you're a footy fan, 
like get up a little bit higher because then you can see everything. You can see the movement of the teams. Like I remember one year, I reckon like you want to be like just that one tier off, off the ground. Right. Second but I remember tier. one year mm-hmm. the tickets were, we had like, we were up like one of the highest spots. And even though you're like, you know, far from the action, it's not as much fun. You can really see because you can take in the whole game in your field of view, you can see like as a coach, you'd probably enjoy it because you can see exactly how the whole team is moving as like one cohesive unit, how like the the patterns are run. Like it was, it was a really, really interesting um, you know, spot spot to watch the game from. But yeah, I'd go that like middle, middle tier just behind the goals is good. Always exciting. That has, that has been the one of the most common ones is the wing second tier because you can see yeah. everything and everything. And, and, and get the whole game. Oh yeah. Out. Like when I watch some of the footy shows and they do the, vi- they do the vision ones like behind the goals and it's like nearly the thir- third tier and you can literally see everything. I love that. Like I almost want to screen cap it because it's so cool. Like yeah. to watch how the full forward moves this way or a person blocks yeah. and how yeah. with one with one kick and a few in the midfield move just the right way. There it is. There's the out there's out the other side and then attack on 50. So I I I'm that is my plan. I plan on getting Probably over. Probably gonna do one of each though, because it'd be so exciting exactly. watching, you know, oh, yeah. the ball tumbling into the goal and these two big guys running after it and who gets to smack it through. Like it'd just be, you know. Well, and and I've I, I have an invite I have an invitation. I have a friend who's a huge cheer squad member at Sydney at the SEG yeah. that she's she's already yeah. said if I get over there, she wants me to sit in the in the cheer squad, which yeah. they're like right on the fence, right yeah. next to the behind post on the far on the I think it's the the opposite of the old Sydney ground. So mm. it's the one to on the TV cameras to your right. Yeah, and the so she said, would be another experience as well. Oh yeah. And, and like when Buddy kicked a thousand, she sent me yeah. pictures of her on the ground taking a selfie. Yeah. So so she's very, very close. So all right. And the last question that I ask in every single one of this, and especially, and I'm fascinated for you, what is your favorite game of footy that you have ever seen? Men's, women's, doesn't matter. Favorite game of footy you have ever seen? Mm, can't pick one I've played in. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could, but that means you have to watch the replay. <laughs> You'd have to be watching it. Probably... <laughs> uh, what's what's a good one? Maybe like the the GF a few years ago. It's actually quite a few years ago now. Like um, Collingwood versus West Coast. Did you watch that one? Were you into 2018? Oh, it's, yeah. it's, oh, I, I got into it in 2009. On. So, and Mason Cox, Mason Cox getting nuts. It literally all the USAFL people over here, we all became Collingwood fans for a year yeah. because when, especially after the preliminary final, when he went absolutely bonkers. And I tell many people in Australia, the funny part about it is he went bonkers in that preliminary final. And you want to know how much coverage happened over here about it? None. Yeah. Nothing. I, I, yeah. it is, it is hilarious to me. He just did a 60 minutes. They just did a huge US. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Mm. <laughs> not, not big I, there. Oh, I just, I've seen it all over Instagram. It's big because it's 60 minutes. Whether mm. it did what I think, I, I think a lot of people in the USAFL wanted to have happened is mm. the, the question because they really kind of, and my fascinating is so many Australian fans are like, they made him off like he's this fantastic all australian and he's dead mm. i'm like well that's kind of not the point because many americans would have no idea what you're talking about like the most common answer yeah, that yeah. you get when you tell people i coach australian rules football first question every time i get is, it. is that rugby yeah okay 
and I and I always respond this way, and I don't mean it condescendingly. I go, did I say rugby? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say it condescendingly. I'm not, but that is the way it goes. So yeah, no, it's it's getting bigger. The USAFL is growing. We have fifty. We have forty eight or forty nine clubs currently here throughout the states yeah. well, One, i really want to come and yeah see it when like if well, i ever i've been over there but i didn't know it existed here's the issue that i have with your change of season and it annoys me yeah. our biggest thing is actually the second week of october and that is nationals yeah because I've, we all descend on game. one city yep and then we all the teams throughout the country that can make it we play our national tournament there we, that's where you determine who's your champion in each of the divisions every year there's four four men's divisions and two women's divisions yeah so, so in fact danny marshall from essendon played here with arizona that is how she was discovered and got over to australia a scout oh, really? saw her yep that is why yep she is the she's the only usafl alum mason cox never played usafl yeah, yeah, yep. just basketball. Yep. Yeah. Oh, once I retire, I'll come over and watch. That'll be amazing. Well, you don't have to watch. You can come play if you want to. <laughs> you can find the right team. Hey, Danny Marshall came over in 2019 and played, and she was yeah. playing with the Western Bulldogs at the time. As long as the club, if, if you're retired, not playing anymore, you can you can grab a jersey with one of the teams. Let's go. Have, have, have a kick. It's a lot of fun. Trust me. It is five yeah. fields on a soccer, usually a soccer complex, and it's two days, and it's absolutely a blast absolutely yeah, blast. Cool. so yep i mean sign me up that is fantastic i know there's several teams would probably love to have you Naj. so yeah. all righty so that is going to do it for our chat this has been absolutely fantastic i'm absolutely loving this opportunity to be able to sit down and have a chat Naj, thank you so much for joining me today no thank you very much for having me on Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for another episode in our players interview series on the Donnie's disposal channel. Again, keep track of it. More sample, more waffle, more VFL, and of course, more AFL and AFLW reviews coming up very soon. Keep an eye on it, ladies and gentlemen, and that'll do it. And we will see you again very, very soon.